These days, just about every parent you talk to either has or knows someone who has a son or a daughter who's gone off the rails in terms of behavior or attitude or both. Addiction, self-harm, and sadly even incidents of suicide are all growing at an alarming rate among America's young people. And curiously, this is happening during a time when America's standard of living is arguably at an all-time high. Consequently, many parents don't know what to do. They strive to do everything in their power to keep their kids smiling, yet rebellion and self-destructive behaviors continue. So many of these parents are at a loss for what to do or for where to turn. Now, the good news is there are options, and today we're going to explore them. Finding help for the prodigal child on today's Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. And our goal is to take what we learn each day inside the gates and bring it outside in the hopes that you can be more proactive in the way you parent your kids and hopefully avoid the need for residential care. And in the process, we hope you'll gain some insight on today's culture. And our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rossell, back with you again as we're transitioning to our new co-host. Michelle Hill will be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, Trace, there is no doubt that God has used Shepherd's Hill to bring hope and healing to many families over the past 20 years. But the thing that really fascinates me ever since you and I have been working together is that these families have come from all over the United States and from 19 other countries as well to find Shepherd's Hill Academy hidden away in a small town of Martin, Georgia, a town, by the way, that only has about 300 people in it. They've come all that way to find you and to get some help. Yeah, when they get here, they know that their kids are, are going to basically be living in third world conditions for an entire year, and yet they're still living better than 75% of the world. Well, that's right, and I want you to describe what you mean by that, because these kids are not only digitally unplugged for the year, we often talk about the problems of unencumbered access to the internet and social media, but the the teens here are actually living in your woods in primitive cabins. I've seen them myself. These are cabins that they help build. They've got no running water or electricity, and they're living like that for a whole year? Yeah. I call it Gilligan's Island in the woods. Uh, a lot of parents have called it a Swiss family Robinson experience. And it's, it's very rare that a, a visiting parent doesn't ask me, in all seriousness, uh, do you have a place for parents to stay in something like this for a while? <laughs> and believe it or not, we've actually been laying the groundwork to do just that in, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, we think it's important to, to give parents a little taste of this experience. Well, surely these families have got to know something about Shepherd's Hill history of success, or they wouldn't be coming from the four corners of the earth to get here. Um, I remember on a, a past program, Dr. John Townsend was our guest, and he's a very popular Christian psychologist. And I know that I think he paused in mid-sentence in one of our interviews and, oh, yeah. and said to our audience very complimentary things. Uh, in fact, he called Shepherd Hill a world-class program. Uh, yet I know there are still so many parents out there who aren't even aware that this kind of help even exists. So mm -hmm. how do people find residential programs like Shepherd Hill? Well, first of all, there are plenty of true wilderness programs to choose from out there, just like there are plenty of uh, boarding schools to choose from, but uh, there aren't a lot of uh, programs like Shepherd's Hill that are basically a hybrid of both. Kids are still getting their accredited education, and yet they're getting that uh, that outdoor experience. We're, we're not much to look at because uh, we were designed for healing, not necessarily for comfort 24-7. 
Uh, and the healing uh, process isn't always comfortable or stylish, but parents can thank God for people like today's guests, John Fair Brokart from Prodigal Child Ministries, because John Fair can help these parents find just the right program that fits the needs of their child and their family. So uh, they're, they're one way people find us, and, and we'll certainly delve into all that Brokarts do to, to help multitudes of hurting families from all over. Uh, and a lot of parents find us on the internet in the same way uh, one might find a good restaurant. But I think there are still a lot of parents out there, as you mentioned, that you know don't even know that these programs exist. Right. And when they finally do find out about the option of therapeutic residential care, then the next hurdle is vetting any place they might find. Again, this is where ministries like Prodigal Child can help quell a confused parent's concern by uh, helping them vet the programs they feel could be the best fit for their child. Uh, yet John and Fair do so much more at Prodigal Child Ministries, and we're so glad to have them on the broadcast to share some of it. Well, we are indeed, and in fact, let me welcome the Brocards into our conversation and tell you a little bit about them. Fair is a native of Spartanburg, South Carolina. She graduated from my alma mater, Furman University, back in 1977 with a B.A. degree in early childhood education. After teaching kindergarten, following graduation, she raised her three children and then worked in the children's ministry at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church in Metro Atlanta for six years. Fair's husband, John, is a native of Rockville, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. He, too, graduated from Furman in 1975 with a B.A. degree in political science. He received his law degree from the Potomac School of Law in 1978 and has been in active practice of law since 1980. Uh, incidentally, he specializes in juvenile and adult criminal defense and significant personal injury cases. So he gets to see some of what happens to troubled teens when they aren't reined in and when things aren't changed for the better. Uh, but he also serves, by the way, as a court-appointed guardian ad litem in the juvenile court system of Cobb County, Georgia. Now, back in 2004, the Brocards were called into ministry to reach out to parents of struggling teens and young adults, and they are the founders of the ministry you just mentioned, Trace Prodigal Child Ministries, which is a 501c3 foundation. Uh, by the way, the Brocards have three grown children, including two daughters-in-laws and one son-in-law, and they've got three grandchildren, and yet somehow they made time to join us today. <laughs> well, John and Fair, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We sure appreciate it. Your experience with helping troubled teenagers uh, and their families really comes from a unique perspective. John, can you start by telling us a, a little bit about your story? Sure, Trace, and thank you, Rich, for um, hosting this and allowing us to share our story. Absolutely. May 12th of 1998, we allowed two strangers to come into our home in the middle of the night to escort our then 16-year-old son, who was in the 10th grade, to a wilderness treatment program in Utah. At the time that this occurred, he was totally out of control. He was using marijuana, drinking alcohol, lying, stealing, manipulating, disrespectful, uh, angry all the time. He would verbally abuse us in front of each other, and uh, one time he tried to hurt me. He wouldn't accept responsibility for anything he did. He'd always blame someone else for his problems. It was never his fault. He was arrogant, selfish, lazy. He believed he was entitled to more than we gave him. He had constant outbursts of anger and rage, which scared his older sister and his younger brother to the point they didn't, they didn't want to be around him. His mood affected our house and our marriage. Um, he had developed a new set of friends that used drugs, and they wanted to party all the time. 
he was beginning to destroy himself and our family and our marriage. Um, we were using all of our attention at that time on him, and he drained us of our energy to help our other children. Sarah, why don't you pick it up from there? Okay. Um, at the time, John and I had been married 20 years, and we had a daughter who was 17 and a son, another son who was 9. Today, we're happy to say we've been married 44 years. I was um, working at the church full-time in children's ministry, and John was an attorney, still is at that time. Um, and our son, Bubba, he was a Boy Scout working on his Eagle Scout project. He was a year-round swimmer very popular in his high school with his friends and teachers, and and he also attended church regularly. We appeared on the outside to be the all-American family, and we were college sweethearts after all. But, um, you know, when I was on staff at the church and we were dealing with all of this with our son, I really didn't feel like I could share all these troubles with anyone because I was so embarrassed, just like many parents are, with the things that our son was doing. Um, we d- he took up all of our time. We didn't have time for our other children. Our daughter was graduating from high school at the time, and we couldn't really even enjoy that special time with her. Our marriage began to suffer. Um, we argued a lot. We were stressed. We were tired all the time, and we took this out on each other. And then after many months of counseling with a Christian psychologist and much prayer, we were advised to remove him from our home and send him a long way for treatment to get him help. As you can imagine, this was a very difficult, in fact, the most difficult decision we've ever made in our life. We loved him so much that we were willing to do whatever we could to get him help, and thank God it worked. We had to let go and let God. Uh, We learned that he had an anger management problem and that he was self-medicating with marijuana and alcohol to take away his feelings of anger. He also suffered from lack of steam, which shocked us. While he was in treatment, he learned how to positively deal with anger and not to rely on substances. Uh, He went on to graduate from college, became a young life leader. He worked transporting kids at one point. He worked in in an intervention group. He taught special ed at his own high school and coached sports, and today he's happily married and owns a CrossFit gym in East Cobb in Marietta, Georgia. Wow, that's great. And I would just like to end by saying this part. You know, good families can have children that make poor decisions. And I want to tell you just some highlights of what we learned from all of this. Number one, we learned that there is hope. You know, we're all subject to pain and suffering, but God will never abandon us. He is going to get us through these tough times. And faith and prayer, we found out, were the key to getting us through those tough times. Mm -hmm. We learned that we couldn't fix this problem ourselves, that we had to totally let go and let God be in control. Because we didn't cause it, we can't control it, and we can't cure it. The three C's, as we say. (laughs) And we also learned to love unconditionally, not only our son, but also the other kids that are struggling right along with him. You know, in the end, we know that God is truly in control, and He loves our children even more than we do. And that's a little of our story, and we can tell you in a little bit um, later about how Prodigal Child Ministries was formed back in 2004. Well, we certainly want to hear all that. And by the way, there was something sort of hidden in the story you just told that I picked up on. You were saying that your son was self-medicating, if you will, That was his attempt to deal with his anger issues. So deep down, parents, I think our kids often know when they're having problems and they want them fixed as much as we do, but they often make the wrong decisions. 
which is why we've got to step in and intervene. Our guests today on Licensed to Parent are Fair and John Brokard. A quick break, then we're going to come back and hear the rest of the story. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. And uh, just a quick reminder, on our website, LicensedToParent.org, you can replay this program. If you missed a part of it, you can also go back and listen to all of our past conversations. You'll find them uh, in the radio archives at LicensedToParent.org. And joining us today on the program are Fair and John Brokard. They're founders of Prodigal Child Ministries. As you know, our parent ministry is Shepherd's Hill Academy, which is a year-long residential program for troubled teens. If you and your family are needing help from a residential program, I would urge you to check out prodigalchildministries.org because the work that uh, Fair and John do is to try to connect families to programs that can get them help. Uh, Anyway, Trace, I'll turn it back to you. Yeah, before the break, uh, John was talking about total strangers coming in and kidnapping their kids. Uh, Can you set the record straight uh, since you went through it? And I think you... Uh, probably refer to programs who have to parents have to use transport, or they're not going to get their kids there. Can you straighten that out for a lot of our listeners who might be thinking what a cruel and abusive thing this might be? Yeah, Trace. From our perspective, and at our psychologist recommendation, our son was is and was very big, very strong, 
And if he resisted our attempts to get him into treatment, you know, that would cause a physical altercation, which would have not gone well for either one of us because I'm headstrong like he is. So it was recommended that we hire two very qualified, safe escorts uh, to transport him safely from actually our home in Marietta, Georgia, to a town called Loa, Utah. And uh, thank goodness he did not resist. He went very willingly. But had those two men not been there to uh, offer to transport him, our son would not have gone and or he would have fought me, and that would have been disastrous. Mm, yeah. Well, and let me ask, let me go back to your story for, for a bit. In, in what way has your story given you an, uh, maybe an advantage uh, when it comes to helping other families with the prodigal children? I, I know that, you know, you've been there, kind of done that, but what are some unique ways that maybe we haven't really thought about? Well, we've been there and done that. We've experienced the pain that parents go through when they're dealing with an out-of-control teen or young adult. Uh, we didn't read it in a book. We, we lived it. We lived it for years. Um, so we have empathy. We have compassion. We have understanding. We have experience from having gone through it, what worked for us. And over the last 20 years of our ministry, you know, we've counseled, you know, hundreds of families uh, as to how to direct uh, their efforts to get their kids help. So we come from a, we just come from an area of total understanding because we've experienced it firsthand. Thank the good Lord, Bubba connected the dots and uh, turned his life around. He's very functional today. He's very successful today at what he does. Um, but we lived it and we understand the pain and the angst and the confusion and the doubt that parents go through when they're facing that. Sure. Uh, Fair, do you think there's a, a, a little conflation between uh, what parents commonly think is peacekeeping? They confuse that with peacemaking. And uh, Jesus was uh, touted as being a peacemaker, the prince of peace. Uh, and yet he said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Peacekeeping can often bring about a long-term or just kick the can on down the road to a long-term explosion. Whereas peacemaking it sounds like what you guys kind of did. It's like you, you were on a peacemaking uh, mission when you, when you took your, your child to, to residential care via transport. Uh, how can you convince parents that what they're doing uh, when they're exercising tough love is a, actually a long-term peacemaking mission and that when we engage in peacekeeping, we can sometimes be counterproductive uh, in uh, maybe exercising the, the same kind of compassion that the devil would have. As I mean, someone once, I think it was A.W. Tozer, said we can exercise, we can have so much compassion upon man as to be in high-handed rebellion toward God. Can you touch on that? Well, I think with the peace part of that, um, we had lived this nightmare for so long, and it was really... As we said, it was tearing up our marriage. Our other children were scared of Bubba. And, you know, I'll never forget our, um, count, our Christian counselor told us, he said, you know, you will know when it's time to make the decision. And we did. We, um, we found out a lot of things that he was doing. And 
when he said when when he told us that our when our child our prodigal became the clear main focus of our life it's time to do something because it's not right for our marriage our marriage you know god's first our marriage next and our children are third so we decided to make that tough love decision to take him out of our home and send him away because we needed help. We needed to work on our issues. He needed to work on his issues. And while he was away, that's what he did. And I'll never forget the day that he was taken away. John and I got away up in the mountains by ourselves and cried many tears. But I finally, we prayed, and I finally felt that peace that passes all understanding. We knew then that we had made the right decision for our family and for our marriage and for Bubba um, to get the help that he finally needed. In Romans 5, 3, and 4, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Right. And uh, your prayer and faith produced that hope that gave you the Mm-hmm. the power and the ideas to do what you had to do. Right. I, I know, you know, I've got a son buried on Shepherd's Hill. I've told this story before, but, uh, you know, we had to pull the plug on him after 10 and a half months of, of mm. just going nowhere, trying to keep him alive. And uh, his life and death uh, really was what got Shepherd's Hill rolling. And it, it's in our book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, but we had to exercise... Uh, a kind of love that we um, weren't familiar with before that mm-hmm. happened. And we had four other kids that we still had to raise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every moment of every day for 10 and a half months was being occupied trying to keep one of them yeah, alive. And, that's right. We know and, that feeling. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I, there are a lot of parents that, that come here and I know uh, go to other programs that, they they they've got this. They they believe the devil's lie that they're failures, and you know, you can do it all right. You you touch on this before the break. You can do do it all right and still come up with a bucket of bolts uh, by having a child that goes off the rails. I tell parents all the time: the only perfect parent that ever existed was God the Father, and look what his first two kids did. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, how how do you guide and care for the parents who can't get past the idea that they've been you know abject failures as parents? Well, we, we, we tell them that exact thing, Trace, that, you know, the, the very first uh, people on earth, uh, Adam and Eve, sinned, and their first two sons were prodigals. One boy killed another. Yeah. And that set the pattern for humanity. And we basically tell them, why are you surprised when one of your children has come off the rails? I mean, that's the pattern set from the beginning. And we always tell them that, you know, it's not the parent's choice. It's the child's choice that got them into the situ- situation that they're in. Well, that's right. All we can do is love them, parent them, model them, encourage them, and point them in the right direction. But ultimately, it's their decision to make. And, yeah. you know, we try to reinforce that as much as we can. I think, you know, you mentioned a, a key term, love. Uh, we've, we've redefined a lot of terms in America today, and love is one of them. And I think, uh, uh, and peace, like, as I mentioned earlier, peacekeeping, the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Uh, but love is very often conflated you know, with just enabling your child to be a derelict. And I think a right. lot of parents fall into that category. And uh, kids are really craving uh, love from A to Z. You know, America, uh, uh, the English language has one word for love, and that's love. But you know, other languages have several words for different kinds of love and different ways to love. And uh, I think we've kind of um, forgotten that. But uh, we are out of time. 
Unbelievable. We, we are indeed. The good news is, Trace, we uh, snuck in a quick conversation during the break with John and Fair, and they are going to join us for a second program. But before we wrap this one up, um, John and Fair, could you give us a brief overview of how you help families at Prodigal Child Ministries? Sure, I'll be glad to talk about that. Um, when Prodigal Child Ministries was formed back in 2004, we ex- we really didn't know exactly which direction God wanted us to go in. We formed a board, and um, they said, you know, you can help parents most by educating yourselves. So that is exactly what we did, a wise decision. We started visiting a lot of treatment programs, going to a lot of seminars to educate ourselves on mental health, addiction, and to see what programs are out there to help our children that are struggling. So um, one thing we started right after... Um, Bubba came back from treatment is we did not have a support group. Our church didn't have a support group. So when you can't find one, what do you do? You start it yourself. (laughs) So we started that, um, a Bible study, a 10 week Bible study in our home. And, um, we've been teaching that and training other leaders to lead that for 20 years. And we also have other support groups that we started, um, that meets at our church twice a month, um, where we bring in professional speakers and people that are in recovery to help educate parents um, and to give them hope and give them encouragement. And then lastly, we started three years ago, we started um, having retreats for parents up in the mountains with a speaker to help educate parents where they can come and they can ask many questions about that. For parents that are hurting, that are, have kids in the home or out of the home that are hurting, uh, you know, we just we just encourage them to reach out to get help, to get resources, to get involved with a support group so they'll know they're not alone, they're not the only parents in the world going through this, where they'll get support, encouragement, they'll get prayer. Uh, We've also learned, Trace, that a lot of times our child's issues, God is using to also change the parent. And we didn't realize it at the time, but we sure realized it after the fact how the Lord used Bubba to really change how Fair and I looked at our faith, how, how we really would un- understood now what unconditional love is, what surrender is, what being judgmental is all about. We also became changed through the experiences we went through with our son. So there's, there's a lot of times a silver lining blessing for the entire family, uh, just encourage parents to get plugged in with some sort of support group where they can be encouraged and educated. Very good. Well, I'm so glad you brought up support groups because that's what we want to revisit next time. It's one of the things we want to revisit, and you've teed us up wonderfully for that. Our guests today on Licensed to Parent, Fair and John Brokard, founders of Prodigal Child Ministries. More information about their work is available online at prodigalchildministries.org. Now, before we leave you today, if you're dealing with a prodigal child in your own life, let me remind you that we are here to help as well. And uh, we say at the start of every program, Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of our parent ministry, Shepherd's Hill Academy, which provides year-long Christ-centered residential programs for teens that doesn't just focus on getting the teens back on track, because by itself, that's not going to be enough. So instead, we work with the entire family to heal those relationships, and to develop healthy home environments for these kids to return to. Our team lives out a biblical worldview here and teaches hurting families how to do the same. And the success stories are heartwarming. 
If you want to learn more about our ministry, if you'd like to find some free resources that we have to offer, or if you think your family could benefit from our residential program, please visit us online at LicensedToParent.org. That's LicensedToParent.org. You'll find links to Shepherd's Hill Academy and our many other resources, and I hope that that's going to be helpful for you. My thanks to our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent, Daniel Fazina, and our technical producer, Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you back again next time for more insight for today's culture and another opportunity to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.